Before we get started, this episode of the Food Grower Podcast is sponsored by Direct Plants Limited, and specifically their amazing range of polytunnels. We use these strong and affordable tunnels on both Jack's Patch and Fanfield Farm, and we love them. Direct Plants manufacture the tunnels themselves so that you can buy your polytunnel direct from the manufacturer, and not just any manufacturer, but from growers too, so that they really understand what you need. These traditional high-quality polytunnels are available in a range of sizes to fit your growing needs and they're manufactured here in the UK in Norfolk. We're delighted to bring you a brilliant 10% off the entire range at directplants.co.uk. Simply head over there and use the code FOODGROWER at checkout. That's FOODGROWER, all one word, no spaces, at directplants.co.uk. This episode is also brought to you by Natural Grower. Natural Grower's award-winning liquid fertiliser, plant feed and soil conditioner is made entirely from maize. It's naturally rich in nitrogen, potash, phosphate and other trace elements that plants and vegetables love. And it's approved by the Soil Association, Vegan Society and Biodynamic Association. The concentrated natural fertiliser can be poured around the base of plants, whilst the plant feed and soil conditioner can be mixed into the soil or used as a mulch on the surface as a long-term, slow-release fertiliser on all outdoor and indoor plants. Both Jack and I have been using the Natural Grower products this year and have seen amazing results and we have a fantastic 15% off the entire Natural Grower range for you. Simply go to naturalgrower.co.uk and enter foodgrower15 at checkout. Welcome to the Food Grower Podcast, the podcast that tells the story, highlights the techniques and talks tactics with food growers from all around the world. From market gardeners to allotment holders, field farmers to urban farmers, we want this podcast to inspire you to grow food or help you on your already existing food empire. I'm Chris from Fanfield Farm. I'm Jack from Jack's Patch. And in this episode, I have the pleasure of reintroducing you to Andrew from Urban Herbs. This is the second part of the interview. The first part was last week. So if you haven't heard it, do head back an episode and listen to that first. Otherwise, enjoy the rest of our chat with Andrew from Urban Herbs. But it it makes such a difference. We recently had 15, 15 15-year-olds on the farm from a local school. And none of them have been to a farm before. Um, many, we were showing them celery and many put their hands up, said they'd never seen celery before, let alone seen it grow. So you get a sort of a feel of the people and that I'm always a bit tentative around school groups because I'm not trained in that way <clears throat> yet. I'm hoping that that will be something we can change, but we, they had obviously supervisors and teachers from the school and whatnot. And you're always tentative because they're coming to what's not just a home, but a business as well, where they were there to be toured and then volunteer. So they're helping. So you've, you've still got like that duty of care to your business as well, that they don't trample a load of crops. that could be hundreds of pounds or whatever. Um, but I was blown away that they were all incredible. And I said at the end, you've all been a credit to yourselves, your school, your family, and all of that, because they genuinely were. And the teacher was saying to me sort of secretly hidden behind a polytunnel that she was blown away and there's such a difference between when they go and do outside tasks than there is being in the classroom she said those two boys over there never speak to each other at school and they were pulling weeds up for me or wheelbarrowing wood chip chatting away and then there was a he's really problematic <laughs> it's all boys the girls were great <laughs> it's all the boys <laughs> and I know what I was like at that age but he was really problematic but as soon as we get him doing something physical outside he's a different person and I was just blown away by that and there's and, you, and you've hit the nail on the head there 
being around plants, being in nature changes who we are. And I think we become our best selves. Do you know, literally at the risk of another tangent, right? The, um, Number four. <laughs> yeah. We, a couple of years ago, um, we started working with a school here in Birmingham. Mm. And I don't know if this is true or not um, now, but at the time, the school had the highest proportion of children for whom English wasn't their first language. And, you know, the teacher kind of warned me beforehand, just quietly. You know, she said, like, quite a few of the kids, um, they've had really sort of uh, harrowing experiences, like some of them have come from Syria. And so we were doing, like, an, an art project, basically, and she, she kind of, she warned me that sometimes they draw sort of, you know, images from the childhood or whatever, and it's just, it can be a bit disconcerting. And we were actually invited in because they had an amazing school manager that he wanted to bring nature into the curriculum in a meaningful way. So they did it through the curriculum. So you did a designer sensory garden in the art classroom. So it was like a competition of who can design the best um, sensory garden. And then the winning design, which we had to judge, which was a, that was a bit of an emotional one for me. Do you know what I mean? Telling yeah. one out of 30 that they would, um, <laughs> and then we went back helped them plant up the century garden and what is absolutely incredible is that those kids I mean you know some of them didn't speak the same language as the other kids in the class but when they all smelt lime mint they all smelt the same thing mm. when they all smell chocolate mint they all get what that is mm. I think chocolate is like the international language, isn't it? Of kids, yeah, like universal <laughs> language. Yeah. <laughs> and it's incredible how it's like, um, it's so fundamental to life, isn't it? And I think that brought the kids together. Mm. Um, the, I spoke to the teacher behind this, maybe uh, six months ago, and he was explaining to me how there's a girl at the school who's, you know, been struggling a little bit in the classroom, especially with all the COVID restrictions and, you know, she feels quite sort of hemmed in. And he explained to me how when she is in the sensory garden, when she's working outside, she becomes head gardener. That's her job. You know, and, you know, she's not naturally gifted at this stage yet with like maths, English, science. She struggles in like those subjects. But when it comes to the garden, that's her thing. And he was saying that ever since she's been head gardener, it's funny how her performance in all the other subjects has improved because she's found that one thing that it clicks. Um, it's powerful stuff. It really is. Big time. Go, going back to what you said about chocolate mint um, and lime mint and all these amazing, I, I love the range. I love it. What's been your favourite herb this year? What's been a highlight herb that um you've come across this year do you know i must get asked that about once a day on average <laughs> and probably every time i answer the question i say something different <laughs> but good. for me this year it's probably the uh, cola plant nice. uh, have you guys have you guys come across the cola plant is no. that something that you've only on your feed 
<laughs> yeah, so it's um, it's one that we've only just started growing um, this year. And, I mean, I've been doing this now for 10 years, and you, you might be forgiven for thinking that you get to the point where you become a bit blasé about it. And the cola plant blew me away. Mm. You know, I grew it in 2020 kind of like for myself just to see what it was like. But do you know something? Growing on the scale that we are compared to growing individually, it's a different thing. So like when you pick up like an entire tray of plants or if you've pruned back like 200 cola plant in an hour, the aroma is it's like overload. <laughs> and actually for me i think that cola plant probably like not that it needed it but it really just boosted my belief in just how cool these plants are mm. um yeah i, I was no. about to change my mind then no it's cola plant definitely <laughs> it, it's not it's not just uh sensory it's like uh let thy food be thy medicine. This this food is ancient medicine as well. And it's the one thing in the garden that I think me and Chris have like, we're really being pushed towards herbs. And that's why we're like, excited to have you on is because this year was a shit growing year, full stop, just for like rain. It was wet. Annuals were getting smashed by slugs, but the herbs in the garden were like, boom, I'm here. And look at me because like, I've got an intense root system. I'm healthy. I'm bouncing. They don't care what the weather is. And, and I feel like, it's nature showing us eat me like, look at me. I'm strong. I'm healthy. Eat me. And then you look at the health benefits of like oregano. Um, you look at like what sage does to a plate, what rosemary does. And then like, you've got your Vietnamese coriander and that's got a whole nother flavor profile. And it looks like little bamboo canes as well. That's what I loved about it. Um, yeah. and, and it, and the list goes on. So I always, I kind of resonate with your post about, um, teas as well. It's like you're a really big tea drinker and it's like, I grew my tea. Um, do you have that on the mug, by the way? We do. Yeah. 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 I don't, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, um, oh, that's a real shame. Actually. I literally, I could have like, just, just put one across the screen and showed it to you guys. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's really interesting because you've kind of got me thinking there, what you just said. And, Let's be honest, this year has not been a champagne year, has it? No. Um, I mean, I'm, a, I'm pretty much teetotal, so I don't really know what a champagne year looks like. But <laughs> I reckon 2020 was as close to a champagne year as you could possibly imagine. Because, mm. you know, growing conditions wise, for us anyway, it was just pretty much perfect that we got, you know, all the plants potted up kind of like beginning of February. And it was like we just turned the dial, we just turned the thermostat up just nicely, go nicely up. And, you know, hey, presto, the plants are ready to go, beginning of April, happy days. Mm. Um, this year it was, it was more challenging. But in a really weird way, I do quite enjoy that. I do quite enjoy that no two years are the same. Mm. I'm, I'm really fascinated by what you said about the differing weather conditions almost informing what we eat. Yeah, man. Uh, but just being uh, just being a grower and ob observing each year and each year being a challenge. And I moan at the time, but I'm so like I've just like my 
learning capacity of what I'm doing has just uh, like just doubled my knowledge on like oh if it's where how to adjust and and what to do but I couldn't believe my focus shifted. I've done a lot of posts about mushrooms, so my indoor growing got better. But herbs just look like they, they're in the, the smaller beds um, like around the garden, but they were just like, look at me. It was like they were – and going through the time we're going to, going through, it's like a representation of like um, nature calling us to like eat this because this is healthy. Um, I, I, that, that's like the spiritual part of my growing um, it's like nature telling us all the time, like, I'm over here, like, eat me. Like, <laughs> that's why weeds bounce and they're like, hello, I'm, I'm probably a lot healthier than what you're growing there. Um, so, yeah, I've got really, I've got like really, um, I could go down a rabbit hole with that, to be fair. But um, I really did notice the herbs. And then now I've got like sections of the farm that are completely dedicated to herbs now. And I'm so excited when you start selling again in the new year, I'll, I'll be buying for sure, mate. So, yeah, I'm excited for that. Do you know what I think as well? I think it's so powerful being directed by the seasons. But, but you've got me thinking, and actually the beauty of it is that no two seasons are ever alike, are they? No, never. And um, my, I, I told you that my gran was, was a farmer and apparently her dad it was a proper farmer. Like he was, he was very grumpy, you know, and apparently if anybody ever used to go on the, he'd listen to the radio and, you know, people always say it's the, uh, the wettest 13th of April since 1874. And apparently he used to you know, throw the toys out, you know, he wouldn't have it. And he said, Oh, he says, these records, these records, he said, they're not worth anything. And he said, I'll tell you something. He said, it's the strangest year since last year. <laughs> and he's right in the, but what I'm, I'm really fascinated by what, you know, and I've genuinely gained something from this because it's such a cool idea to think that actually it's not just that you're eating what you eat can be governed by the seasons, but actually because each season is different, that just increases the variety, doesn't it? It increases the kind of diversity that you have available. Yeah. And I, I kind of, I suppose, doing what I do, uh, we kind of do it without thinking. So, for example, if you have nice warm weather in beginning of April, um, you mentioned Vietnamese coriander. Vietnamese coriander, for us, you know, starts growing rapidly. So maybe we have to chop it back a little bit. So I'll finish work sort of seven o'clock, eight o'clock on the night, and I'll bring in like, more Vietnamese coriander than we'll ever know what to do with. So that'll be, you know, that will inform what we're eating that night. Mm -hmm. Every sort of, it'll be a lot of rice dishes, basically. Mm. Um, whereas this year, because it was that bit cooler, the Vietnamese coriander wasn't growing so quickly. So, you know, we were still kind of using like, the, you know, the winter sort of supply of, I don't know, barbecue rosemary or have you guys met barbecue rosemary before? Is that something you've grown? Yeah, I got it off the back of you. Um, and it's, it's, in, it's just insane, man. It's actually growing quite well, but it, it, I, I grow normal rosemary, but to say barbecue rosemary, people just like, uh, 
<laughs> and again, another sensory thing in the garden. It's just so cool to go, that smells of barbecue, that smells of strawberries. And it, and it isn't what that is. Like that, that mint smells of strawberries. It is those wow moments. And I think I only get that from herbs most, well, yeah, obviously the certain fruit and veg, but herbs, you can do it a hundred times. With like a tomato, you can do it like, uh, you can do it with a tomato, carrot, peas and yeah. strawberries and stuff. But herbs, you could go, you could do it with just mint. That smells of lime, that smells of strawberry, that smells of um, basil, that smells of chocolate and tastes like, yeah, it's crazy, mate, isn't it? It is cool. I've not met barbecue rosemary. I do like this. I do like the name though. It sounds like someone who lives on your nan's road who likes to cook outside all the time. Have you met barbecue <laughs> rosemary? She's down at number seven. <laughs> no, I've not you know met what? it. Do you, do you know what? We actually we posted about barbecue rosemary this morning, so you, you won't see this for quite a while. But I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna steal that that quote from you. <laughs> Can I have that? <laughs> That one's free. I think that, that you're talking about bringing in the Vietnamese coriander and that making you decide what you eat. We've we've definitely done that through living on the farm as well. And it being, oh, that we've got an abundance of this, so that's what we eat. That's another way, going back to what we were saying, of being really in touch with nature, being in touch with the seasons and, and letting that decide what, what comes into your home and what you eat. And therefore, just is another way of really appreciating and being in touch with it. I, I adore that. One thing, going back to the seasons as well, one thing that we've we've touched on is that no two seasons are the same, but we know that winter's colder and a lot of farms, and I do envy some of them. We've spoken to people in Canada and they work seven months a year and then they go off to another country for three or four and have a lovely break. But I don't, I, I don't really, I say I want to do that, but I don't really want to do it. What I want to do is crack what I can grow through the winter and still have an abundance of fresh food. And there are new numbers and numerous and, and huge amounts of herbs that will grow within this part of the season. Um, so as always, I'm going to use this as a consultation session to ask which ones are your favourites and which ones should I be putting in at this time of the year or just really taking the, the abundance of. So I guess there's kind of like, again, there's, there's two elements to this because there's a great variety of plants. If you plant them late summer, kind of early autumn, um, you can actually get them established. Mm, yeah. Because this is something that I'm quite passionate about, that actually the growing season is a bit longer than people think it is. You know, and, and I'm as guilty of this as anybody because really and this year uh, people say well you know it's been mild and it, it has because i mean i think it's what about 10 what saying what seven or eight degrees today it's been relatively mild but it was really mild sort of october and actually the last few octobers have been really lovely so actually planting late summer and autumn is a really really good time to plant herbs we actually call it the second herb season because people pull out all the annual veg and the annual flowers in bedding and what have you. And then you've got a gap and there's actually so many really, really productive herbs that you can, you can plant at that point. Now there's herbs like, for example, mint or chives, for example, that if you was plant them kind of like late summer, early autumn, um, if you've got these mild conditions, you're kind of giving yourself a head start for next year mm. because, you know, the herbs aren't exactly idle 
you know, they will continue to, to put out the roots and they'll spread under the soil and they'll get themselves established. Mm-hmm. It's just that you won't see anything um, for that until the following spring because they're going to lose that. They're not going to grow rapidly beyond the middle of October and they're going to lose their foliage, you know, once it starts to get cold. Now, if you're looking at like more evergreen herbs, so things like uh, barbecue rosemary, winter savory, all the many different kinds of thyme, then so long as you've got free drainage, and that is the key, you know, that is, and I bang on about it so much through our social media, but it really, really is so, so important. So long as everything is nicely free draining, those herbs will be absolutely fine. Um, years and years ago, I, I had a customer who lived, uh, I think she, she must still perhaps live in Norway. And she used to have a second home in Stratford-upon-Avon. She'd drive over, pick up a few herbs from us at one of the farmer's markets and drive back. And uh, she was at the, at the store once and she heard somebody ask if Rosemary's hardy. And she sort of interjected and she said, no, no, no. She said, I lived uh, north, north of Oslo. She said, it, it's not, she said, it's fairly hardy. She said, it's hardy down to minus 40. And then she was like, but just word of warning. She said, when the snow melts, she said, it could get waterlogged. Uh, and yeah. it's like, you know, and she, she's right. But actually like the, the drainage is so important because herbs like rosemary, like thyme, sage, lavender, they do not want to be sitting in water. Mm. So they can be planted and actually, you know, they'll get established. They'll provide that presence throughout the colder months. Um, one thing that I would say, and yeah, this might be useful for you guys maybe, but um, in the past we've worked with restaurants that have set up, you know, like a little uh, herb garden to supplement their own meat. Mm-hmm. And even in the most optimum conditions, they sort of recommend to me that they actually replace, like, for example, like, a, you know, like an established, like, rosemary in a two-litre pot, something like that. They'd suggest replacing them every kind of, like, three to four years, even though the lifespan of the plant is actually a lot longer. Because they've pointed out to me that, you know, whether they're outside, whether they're under lights, whether they're heated, using the plant that intensively you're going to be at that sweet spot between kind of like you know between like you know zero and five years beyond that the growth rate tends to just slow and you'll find it even if you are pruning it back like quite intensively you'll find that the productive kind of soft growth just gets less and less as the plant gets older um but I mean, that's in a very intensive, like sort of almost like commercial kitchen environment. It's a um, great, great piece of advice though, because then it allows you to, yeah, adjust your expected sort of lifeline of it, which then it sort of, if you're working out, right, well, this plant will bring me in this much money and I've got 15 years out of it. It makes you adjust it to a more realistic five, which with, with something like a market garden, if we're putting her bunches in our boxes, then it will be that intensive. And so, um, what what I'd say to you as well is we tr- we try to follow a very sort of it sounds obvious but it's probably not. Um, you know, we certainly wish that we'd heard this advice sooner. And the advice that we tend to give out is to grow expensive ingredients in small quantities. 
Mm. Um, and do you know what? Like, I'm I'm a gardener. Like, I I'm guilty. I, I'm a signed up gardening addict. I, I I love it. It's my hobby. But but that's exactly what it is. You know, um, huge amounts of my kind of like gardening activity. It, it's a hobby. I can't argue that it makes me money or saves me money because we live in an age now where the, the, the ugly truth is that you can buy um, sort of cheap ingredients in bulk cheaply. Mm. But when you kind of boil it down and you specialise and you're growing things that actually you can't get elsewhere mm. and that actually command like a really, really strong price because they're so unusual, you know, that's magical. And the example that, you know, I always give is um, chilies. But I'm really, really into my chilies, you know, and it, it, it's a hobby primarily. But when you go down into the weird and wonderful world of growing chili, it's kind of stuff that you can't get. And if you could get, it would cost you a fortune. Um, a few years ago, and this is my. Uh, this is. Are you ready for this? You, we need a little jingle in the podcast, guys. Um, five. <laughs> I'll get a voiceover um, done. <laughs> yeah, the urban herbs tangent. Um, a few years ago, there was apparently a global shortage of tarragon, uh, French tarragon, so that the prices went through the roof. And we'd be doing like a, a little market in Birmingham city centre and uh, a couple of restaurants would come over and they'd say, you know, can we buy the whole tray of plants? And I was thinking like, this cannot be economical, but then you realise that at that time, if you looked at the prices of say dried, dried herbs, you know, a kilo of, I don't know, dried thyme was costing you about three pounds. And due to that short term market fluctuation, a kilo of French tarragon at that time was genuinely costing £25 as opposed to all the others wow. being three or £4. That's an incredible increase. And so I suppose it saves you money, but it also, and that, that example illustrates it, it puts you in charge of the supply as well. Mm. It gives you that security. Um, so buy a tarragon, is that what you're saying? And then- yeah, yeah. Do you know what? <laughs> Do you know what? Like, I was trying to work out, I, I did, after I had that conversation, I was trying to work out what the reason was. And apparently it was because of a drought in, I think, Israel and Spain, which are two big, like, tarragon producers. Um, but I think what I'm trying to say is, like, if you kind of, like, grow things and enjoy flavours that make a huge difference in small quantities, I think that's the holy grail, isn't it? Yeah, no, definitely. I, I just have like a couple of pineapple sages and I've got those certain chefs that just love it. And then you're like, it is niche. And it's like, I've only got this much. And then they only put it on a menu for like a month. And then they work around that. So again, it's that exclusivity to, to that plant. Um, but talking of like different types of sage, and we've mentioned coriander, is there a, like a herb that you've tried to grow here that has never stayed on the website because it's difficulty to grow because it's not used to the UK conditions maybe, or have you been okay with most stuff? That's a really, 
Great question. Um, not exactly. There are certain things that we don't sell commercially, mm. um, such as uh, basil. We don't sell commercially. Um, coriander, we don't sell commercially in, in growing in a pot because what we try to say is that everything we send out, we like to be able to say, you know, that that plant is going to give the customer at least, you know, a season full of growth. Yeah, true, yeah. yeah. And things like, say, basil, coriander, dill, they, they're going to go to seed. Yeah, mm. coriander's a little and, bitch. <laughs> no, do you know what? It, my, my next-door neighbour, my old next-door neighbour here in Birmingham, um, she grew up in India. Um, and she came here fairly sort of, I think, in her teenage years. And she's the only person that I know who manages to get coriander really productive throughout the season. Um, oh, and, I, and I'm never quite sure how she does it because you're right, it's really difficult to grow. And the thing is, is like when customers ask, you know, about can I get basil, can I get coriander? I think we're back to where we started, aren't we? About, you know, the sort of like almost like stepping away from that adversarial yeah. commerce and it's about me sort of saying yeah like i could i could pot some up and sell it to you for three pound fifty but you won't thank me for it because you could literally it's quite easy to grow from seed and that is honestly the best thing that you can do for yourself mm. you know whereas there's other things that we stop that are not as easy that perhaps don't run true to seed or they're not easy to take cuttings from or and also just like almost like do yourself a favor in terms of I do think that time is money. And you know, you've got to think about the amount of time that you invest in something. There's a pun there. Yeah, there is. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? It took me a minute. It took me a minute. I you saw guys a are giving me, smile. <laughs> uh, you guys are giving me too many quotes here. I'm writing down time is money. I like it. <laughs> But, I'm but looking yes. forward to your Instagram grid now. Like we're <laughs> going to be looking out for quotes from the podcast on the next couple well, of posts. You guys, I think, are going to probably get your own little special edition. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take that. <laughs> well, we, we, to be fair, we, we haven't done we haven't done a late night Instagram post for quite some time, so we'll, we'll do a late night special and tag you both. <laughs> we'll keep an eye out. I love that a lot. Um, one thing that really struck me about. Um, your, your e-commerce stories, the collections that you've put together. And I know, I think I saw a post saying that some of them have really sold well and, and that sort of thing. What, how did they come together? What made you really sort of group those together and think, right, this is this collection or this is the, am I right in thinking there's like a, a drinking collection? and a, <laughs> yeah. So the, the, the Boozy Herb collection. That's it. <laughs> was, was unsurprisingly our best seller in 2019 <laughs> through 2020 2021 <laughs> the drinking um, years <laughs> yeah like to be honest i think i did a post about a year ago where i kind of said like you know come on guys surprise me like why don't you make one of the other ones bestseller but we, we genuinely have so much fun with the collections and I hope that comes across because it, okay. I mean, some of them are informed by our own experiences. So 
they are like our favorite herbs for herbal tea for example did you guys ever see my all-time favorite collection the strange and beautiful collection did you ever did you ever see that i don't know i don't know if i did yeah jo- jo- when, I was, when, when i was um probably about 18 19 i had there was an album that i was a music album that i was obsessed with um and it was called the strange and beautiful collection and it was basically a beautiful CD that was just like a collection of like sort of unusual acoustic. And then there'll be like an electronic track. It was a real kind of beautiful medley of different songs. And I, I just absolutely loved it. And we put together a collection that was kind of inspired by that album. So there was really, really strict criteria about which herb plants could go into the collection. So the plants had to be either strange or beautiful mm-hmm. or both. So, you know, for example, I think like Black Current Sage was in that collection because it's all of the above. You know, it really is profoundly beautiful when it flowers, but it's also seriously strange because when you rub the leaf, it's strong black currant. Um I think hot and spicy oregano went in there, um, you know, because um, it's, I always say, you know, in my opinion, the uh, hot and spicy oregano, it, it, it isn't beautiful. Um, it's very kind of like, it just is what it is, but it is so strange because it gives you a heat that you're just, you're not expecting in oregano. Um, and I do like spicy food, so that had to go in there. The reason why I mentioned the strange and beautiful collection is because I was I was really proud of the fact we put it together because it kind of summed up what we're about as a business, that it's about saying that actually being different is good. It's about saying that, you know, to be a gardener, you don't have to have the following qualifications. You don't have to be friends with such and such. You can just... You can be yourself and you can, you know, gardening can be just one of your hobbies, but it's such a beautiful hobby that it's almost quite counterculture. Um, and I think that that strange and beautiful collection resonated with people big time yeah. because, you know, so many people that actually purchased that collection, I think it spoke to them. I think it, that those people actually kind of said like, yeah, that's me. Like, I like being different. Being different is a good thing. Um, so yeah, I was. Uh, that was my favourite collection of the last two years. But the boozy collection made me more money. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant, man! That's so good. Like, we're, we're going to get into the uh, quick fire questions next. It this is how, how we like to end the podcast. But we want to know what's next for Urban Herbs going into twenty twenty two. So this is a really like mysterious answer, but like we genuinely have got a couple of things in the pipeline that we're not allowed to tell you for uh, various legal reasons. But um, (laughs) just all I can say is that we are like majorly committed to expanding what we've done already. And 
really, really concentrating on building a coalition, really, of like-minded people that are really, really passionate about what they're doing, who actually get what, you know, what I've just said about that strange and beautiful collection, that actually diversity is a really good thing. Mm. And that gardening, growing things, but especially growing your own food, it's, it's an activity that brings people together in a way that I have never, ever seen happen. Mm. And it's quite powerful for me, actually, because, um, you know, like probably around 2016, 17, we were on the show circuit, so we were doing a lot of different events. And I think you get a bit blasé about it. And you kind of get sucked into that world a little bit that you honestly start to think that, like, I don't know, I, I don't know the language that's used, but, like, you know, like getting, like, a gold award on a display or something or a platinum award or whatever, you can get sucked into actually thinking that that matters. Yeah. <laughs> right? And what we've kind of rediscovered this year is that, like, what matters is connections like this, mm, like the chats we're having now. What matters this year is when somebody writes to you and says, like, my husband was going through chemo and your communications and your plants actually kept us going. Yeah. You know, that's what matters, not like gold awards, platinum awards. It's, it's, it's about building connections with people. Yeah. And it's about making, and this is something I am literally so passionate about, it's about making people believe that they belong at the table. Because you guys know this, right? That I think very often, probably, and I'm, I'm as guilty of this as anyone, like it's quite easy to accidentally send out a vibe that like this is our club, like you're not welcome here unless you know what an annual is and a perennial is. Yeah, yeah, mate, I know. Do you know what I mean? And it, I'm, yeah. I'm guilty of that. I really am because... Um, do you know something funny? We 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 were doing, having a chat about sort of marketing, about ideas the other night, and uh, I wrote something out almost as an exercise, you know, like as a back to basics kind of thing, you know, like right, this is for beginners. Yeah. And in that paragraph, I must have used like the word cultivar, perennial, <laughs> biennial, and it's like i don't know we're really passionate about persuading people i said they belong at the table really it's like persuading people they belong in the greenhouse or in the polytunnel or yeah. do, do you know what i mean it's something i'm really fired up about it's something i'm really passionate about yeah because ultimately those words are alien unless you're in the space um and i'll just give a quite a funny example of something silly like that but um, at the farmer's market, I just feel like people were buying stuff and they were, and there was kids that knew more than the parents, which is quite interesting, but someone bought chard and cook, like was on Instagram. I'm about to put sugar all over this chard and put it in the oven. They were making a rhubarb crumble and they thought it was rhubarb. Um, but like, it's that lack of education of like, um, uh, but but I want to feel everyone inclusive. Like I didn't know what a candy beetroot was when I started growing. And then like the fact that there is strawberry mint, and the fact that there is lime mint uh, and things like that. And and it's that little, like you're being a kid again and it's like, mm. and then just like probably um, in your post, 
it is uh, i think you do a good job of educating people it's like whoa look at this hot and spicy oregano look at this barbecue rosemary did you know this barbecue rosemary and and that that's it that's a gain of education that you've just had a download that exists oh my god i'm gonna have a barbecue and let's get the barbecue rosemary on it and um yeah so i, I think you've done a good job to be honest of including the like a newbie to grow in by uh, by educating them of like there is this there is this because I sometimes I look at your account I'm like I did not know that was ex- existed and and yeah the diversity of it um, oh man what we we scratch the surface of what there is out there don't we and uh, just opening another door which thing's pretty cool if you don't mind me saying because I I look back through the podcasts that you guys have been doing and. I think you're doing a really good job of that, to be fair, because the way that you guys talk about growing, I think it makes people, you know, I just said about sending out these signals. I don't know whether you guys know it or whether you mean it. You're probably just being yourselves, but you're sending out a signal to people that actually it's okay to be interested in this. It's okay do you know what as well it's okay like not to know yeah. and it's okay to have a laugh about not knowing yeah 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 yeah. you know the earth doesn't stop turning and that was the vibe that i got from your podcast actually like it, it was like funny yeah i think it's it's um having that route like when you look on TV, like the growing side of it is like Monty Don, you've got Alan Titchmarsh and things like that. But, but um, I think you on YouTube, you can find a voice that's like yours. Like, Oh, I would actually go down the pub with this guy, but Oh, but he's talking about plants. Oh, that's interesting. And it's like, um, we're just having a chat with three guys having a chat here about a, a something we're super passionate about. And hopefully that resonates with someone. And then the, the idea is, is that there's a library of, uh, different guests, um, whether it's a rooftop farmer, herbs, market gardener, allotment, and you ain't got to listen to all of them, but one one word might stand out to you. Or I, 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 what's aquaponics? That sounds interesting. Um, and then I'll watch that. And then that's what we're trying to build of like you resonate with a certain grower or a certain podcast. And then, and then you might have your own journey started from that one conversation. Yeah, 100%. And I think that, you know, you asked, like, what's next for Urban Herbs? And I think in a weird way, I've sort of, like, answered it without answering it. But Mm. hopefully, hopefully we can continue in some small way to make people feel, like, welcome to take part in the conversation. 100%. Um, And you know what? I think it's actually a really powerful thing, and it's a really good thing for every single one of us, like, you know, to actually have that check-in. Yeah, yeah. Where we kind of go like, are we subconsciously like sending out a signal that like, you know, that I don't know, like we're part of a clique and unless you... No, no, no. Because some of the most powerful messages I've had this year have been from people who have never grown plants before. Mm. Mm -hmm. And they have been literally like buzzing. Um, You know, literally bouncing off the walls because they have found something something powerful to be honest with you Mm. um there's there's a couple of people that come to mind who i know have been going through some quite bad stuff you know mentally 
mm-hmm. and they've communicated to me that you know like have especially living on your own during lockdown i mean uh, i can't imagine but i think that must be grim mm, yeah and having that kind of routine where you go and you like water a plant mm. every other day Mm. and like you see if it's grown a little bit more and then like three weeks later you're like oh shit that's grown really well i've got to pot it on i think it's brilliant i think it's really really powerful my incredible man it's really good way to really good way to end that as well (laughs) yeah i was like all right that should just be the music starts playing now and with that's the most powerful (laughs) end but we can't let you go without the quick fire questions Um, oh come on let's do it and we have to get into them because it was light when we started this and now it's dark so we've taken up loads of your time and we've had a great time the morning always comes yeah. <laughs> and the, the music should start again this is just perfect <laughs> we should just cut these questions that was a perfect end as well i'm going to go in the first one is your favorite tool when you're growing herbs my favorite tool yeah my bluetooth speaker yeah i love that i love when it's not a tool like like a, a thing you're going to think of i love that <laughs> yeah mu- music gets you through doesn't it is it music or podcasts or audiobooks or what's on there? Do you, what, do, you know, do you know something? When I'm packing orders, it's audiobooks. Yeah. So I listened to the history of Britain this year. And when I first started, it was around 4000 BC. And uh, currently, Simon Sharma is up to about 1920, I think. Wow. Wow. <laughs> oh, and I had a bit of Barack Obama in there as well. Barack Obama's autobiography. Nice. Um, so, you know, like a bit of soaring oratory to get you through packing cardboard boxes. Yeah. <laughs> I say that I started doing this full time two years ago and I've read more books in those two years through audio books. You could not say read, I guess, but listen to or read more books than I did in the 32 years before it. So yeah, it's yeah. amazing. Next question is your fav- uh, favourite herb growing hack? Favourite herb growing hat is don't be afraid to prune the plants back. Uh, to, all too often, um, people don't, and I, do not get me wrong, I understand why that is, because it's a human emotion, isn't it? You've grown something, and it's so precious to you, and you're so proud of it. It's your baby. You want to nurture it, but you've got to keep cutting back the top third so the plant bushes out. So, yeah, number one, don't be scared to cut, cut the plant. Right. Yeah, that's a really good tip. Really good tip. Next one is when it comes to harvesting, what's your least favourite herb to harvest? Well, it's a bit different because you generally don't, but. That's a a really tough one. I I know (laughs) that uh, my mum's been working with urban herbs like full time this year. Hmm. I know that her her least favourite to harvest is coriander because she cannot stand the smell. (laughs) <laughs> oh, i love this so, well so i'd be the opposite yeah so like... um she literally um like literally was like face mask on when she was pruning back vietnamese <laughs> coriander um do you know something and i'm not just saying this i genuinely don't have a least do you have a favorite least favorite? do you have a face yeah. something yeah go on Vietnamese coriander. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Perfect. A match made in heaven for working then. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Vietnamese coriander. Um, Are there any herbs um, everyone likes that, but you dislike? 
flavor wise i think isn't it yeah flavor that's more yeah to do with flavor we know your mums (laughs) (laughs) i reckon that it would probably be sage yeah because um the actual like kind of like raw flavor of sage just doesn't do it for me it is a funny smell isn't it um what's really weird um i should say at this point because i guess it's an interesting point um we always kind of steer away from you know like any giving any kind of medicinal advice you know about herbs or anything like that but ages ago a customer uh, who was actually a nurse um, she knew i had a sore throat and she said to me she said trust me she said make yourself some tea with sage and i thought right this is it i'm finally gonna like the flavor of sage like raw and i made this uh, you know this cup of sage tea and it was even worse than it was just <laughs> eating it normally but what i don't understand is how come you know like sort of sage and onion stuffing is so delicious if i don't like sage <laughs> itself you know how come i love you know sausages or whatever flavored with sage Mm. how does that work if i if i don't like sage on its own um, <laughs> i know there you go yeah so sage is my least favorite i reckon yeah nice no i, I just was going to interject with i know people that hate tomatoes but they love tomato sauce and everything and then tomato on pizzas and i think it's more melted isn't it or, or you can do the same when i was a kid i used to yeah it was it was same with cheese didn't like raw cheese but i liked it on the pizza and everything like that. yeah weird isn't it <laughs> it's the texture isn't it yeah because have you guys seen that we we, we grow um a mushroom plant yeah oh, that, was, that is the one that i saw this week and was like i have to have that <laughs> yeah because it's 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 really weird i know that a lot of people actually who like mushroom flavor but don't like the texture yeah mm. that's my mum my mum's exactly like that and so that kind of fills a role there. Nice. Um, nice good tonight. Right, we're going into the all-important final question. And, and this is going to be interesting because you said that you, you sort of work where you live and there's a lot of people that can't answer this question because they have to drive to their plot or something. So this might be an interested answer. You but, did mention teetotal a little bit so that... Oh, yeah. So I've already got the answer then. So. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> well, it's, 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 it's up for debate. Carry, carry on. <laughs> Do you prefer at the, uh, at the herb growing plot a morning coffee whilst looking over your empire or an afternoon beer? Um, it's definitely morning. Yeah, definitely morning. Um, and it kind of what I had in the morning kind of evolved actually because well, it um, started with period. beer, and that's why you're now teetotal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, during 2020, I kind of we went like proper back to basics. And we went through a bit of a experiment where we gave up caffeine. So I literally gave up drinking, gave up caffeine. Um, and so I literally started the day. And I mean, during peak season, I'm out of bed at like 4am. And then sort of packing orders from five onwards. Can you see the pain on my face when I'm, I'm getting flashbacks <laughs> to this? Um, 
I can hear Simon Sharma's voice and I'm getting flashbacks. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I started the day actually with a, with a mint tea. And do you know the best mint tea to have looking at my empire at 4.30 in the morning? Lime mint tea. Because that lime, it's so like zingy, it's so sharp. Um, there is a bit of like a truth kind of asterisk now which is that we've completely given that kind of up and we've gone back to having coffee in the morning and having a beer at night. So we'll see how long that lasts for. <laughs> no, mint tea sounds great though. I'm going to give that a go. Yeah, it's my favourite. It's genuinely my favourite. Amazing. Amazing. Andrew, thank you so much for your time. It's been an amazing conversation and we've talked on, I think, every level. It's been absolutely fantastic. Um, before we let you go, where can people go online to find you? Yeah, if you type into, if you just type into Google Urban Herbs or Urban Herbs Birmingham, um, you'll see all the links on there. You'll go straight to our website. But in a way, the home of our business is at, is on Instagram, where we are at urban underscore herbs underscore. Um, and do you know what? I always say to people whenever I, you know, whenever you're trying to direct people to to you i always say to people you know if they want to fire as a message feel free um you know if they if they want to talk about growing um if they they'll just want to bounce ideas if they've got an idea for their garden next year just fire as a message because we'll be more than happy to bounce ideas and in fact that's where we get a lot of our kind of energy from so yeah if anybody's listening to this and they, they're thinking oh i might have a herb garden next year and i fancy a strange and beautiful collection or a boozy herb collection just far as a message we're always happy to bounce ideas if only we'd known that we wouldn't have had to start a podcast to talk to everyone <laughs> <laughs> andrew thanks so much for your time pal thank yeah, you no worries no worries i've loved it i've genuinely loved it yeah we've loved having you mate yeah it's been brilliant, brilliant. cheers bye cheers guys see you later bye Wow. So the chat with Andrew went across two episodes, but what a fantastic episode. I feel like we covered so much about herbs, about more than herbs. Um, and it certainly changed our viewpoint on certain philosophies. A, a phrase that now is staple in our house is spring is coming. A bit of change on the old Game of Thrones winter is coming. So that's made us feel a lot better. So a really positive set of two episodes. I really do hope you enjoyed it as much as we did um, and enjoyed some of those urban herbs tangents as well. It's something that us and Andrew are always joking about now. Thanks for listening to the podcast. A massive thank you to Andrew, but also a thank you to our sponsors of this episode, Direct Plants Limited with their amazing polytunnels and some fantastic plants and trees on the website too. And to Natural Grower, we've been using their products fantastically over the last few months as mulches on our beds and our garlic is loving it. So go and check those out on our website. If you do leave us a rating or review in the review section, don't write about the show, but just write your favorite vegetable, food crop or herb to grow. We'd love to see that on there and by doing it it helps people find the podcast and also just another shout if you're looking for help with your growing projects head to our website foodgrower.co.uk and hit the consultation tab at the top jack and i would love to help thanks for listening we'll see you on the next one